Welcome back. You're listening to Fly Penguins Fly Game Day Podcast, episode 99. Can you believe that? I am your host, Jeff Taylor. I'm a huge Pittsburgh Penguins fan, so I created this game day podcast for you, for yins, for Penguins fans, and for hockey fans all around the world. Please do follow me on Twitter at PensPod, where I've been having some fun doing little post-game chats when the Penguins win, when they can eke out a W. Uh, particularly after those 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 wins. So let's see how tonight goes. And, and, you know, if you're a night owl, you're up on this Western Canada road trip. As I talked about yesterday on the on the show, it gets exhausting staying awake until the wee hours. So we'll have to see how how that all goes. Follow me on Instagram at Fly Penguins. Fly and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, the link is in the episode notes. So, OK, I, I'm in the middle of helping a good friend of mine stain his fence in the backyard here in the South Hills, uh, the Pittsburgh area. Good friend of mine, you know, Ashley and I moved here just a few months ago. And you know, it's like rolling the dice. You don't know who you're going to move in next to. And as I'm walking in the front door, carrying my hockey bag in, uh, I, my guest's partner comes out to the to the porch. Are you a hockey guy? Because my husband is going to, you know, freak out when he finds out that you play and oh yeah yeah yeah. well I'm trying to play so on the show with me today is uh David Goodnight welcome welcome to the program thanks great to be here yeah so we literally were outside staying in your back fence yes on uh, this unseasonably beautiful day here in Pittsburgh wouldn't wouldn't spend it any other way <laughs> I mean might be nice to be like bar hopping by Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle right now, getting ready to go to the Pens game tonight. That would be optimal. Yes. It would also be 12, 16 p.m. if we were in Seattle right now. We'd be, I'd have no problem with that. Lunch beers. Yeah, lunch beers. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind doing a little bit of Pilsner, Pilsner popping on a, slugging some Schlitzes in Seattle right now. It's such a nice part of that downtown area. I had a chance to go out to Climate Pledge and, and see the see the crack and beat the Avs last year and what was the completion of the first ever three wins in a row streak for the Seattle Kraken in their inaugural year. It was a great time. You got to get out there. I'd like to. I really we, would. We shall. Yeah. We're going to get out there. So, yeah, you, uh, David, good night. Uh, you are a, and I have a little bit of this in the episode notes, you're kind of like a rink rat. I mean, you play a ton of hockey. Deck hockey. Here in the Pittsburgh area, multiple teams. Yep. Tell me a little bit about that experience. Is it a good scene? You digging it? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up, I loved hockey. Um, but where I was located, there, there wasn't a lot of it going on. So, you know, yeah, move into this area and then it, it really hit me. We put a work team in. We stunk. Yeah. We were terrible. I think we won one game, the first game, and then lost the rest. Is that team defunct now? Yeah, long gone. What was the name of it? The Decepticons. Oh, that's a good name. We had a big Decepticon logo. Oh, in the front. yeah. Yep. What, what's funny about the Decepticon logo is, for me, that is the Transformers logo. Even though, like, the Autobots are the initial. You know, it's almost like Transformers. You know how Breaking Bad, you get the anti-hero Walter White? Yes. I feel like the Decepticons are one of the early sub... Like, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Um, subtle. Uh, no, like when they're trying to um, tell you something in the subtext. What's that word? Subliminal. Thank, Sub- thank you. Subliminal. Yeah, like Sub- subliminally, Transformers is kind of trying to like show you. Look, these both of these teams of robots came from the same distant planet. They were at war there. They're gonna be at war here. They're now in the new reboot movies. They're frozen in these enormous blocks of ice that barely even exist on the Earth anymore. Man, Megatron, Megatron. Yeah, like, well, they they Megatron. were the um, they were the bad guys that as kids you hated. And then they became the cool bad guys, yeah. right? It, like Darth Vader. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Darth Vader. I guess that sort of predates... When did that original movie come out? The original, tr- that badass animated Transformers movie. It's like 79 or 80 or something. Is it like from back then? I don't know. I've never seen it in its entirety. Everybody who's seen it talks about it like I, I need to know about it and how can I not know the story arc of... Anyway, we'll get to Transformers. Maybe the Penguins can transform from kind of this like, they came out of the gates so hot. Very right? hot, yes. I mean, season opener, I got the, this is one nice thing about my little episode notes in front of me is I got all the scores from all the games. They beat the Coyotes 6-2 to two in the home opener. Beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, the reigning Eastern Conference champs, 6-2. to two. Okay, you drop one in Montreal, still get a point. You beat the Kings six to one. You beat you were at that Kings game. Yes. I mean, we saw this team mm-hmm. rounding into form. You and I went to the preseason together. Okay, they had a little trouble that night against Detroit. That's the one we attended together, right? Yes. And then they kind of turned it around against Buffalo. Or they they lost that game too, didn't they? But they played better. I, I believe, can't remember. I think they lost that one. Yeah, they played Buffalo twice in the preseason. Maybe they won one, lost one. Oh, I have to re- refresh my memory. I, I don't have the preseason <laughs> scores in front of me. Who cares about the preseason? And in fact, who cares about how great they were in the first five games? Because holy smokes, this Western Canada trip has been a dumpster fire. Yes. Not totally, but on the whole, it's been a dumpster fire. So, transformation in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh. Autobots, roll out. Like, that's what Sidney Crosby needs to say tonight. Maybe maybe Mike Sullivan is is Optimus Prime. I, Mike I apparently gave a, a decent speech before the game last night, and I, I think it, yeah. it caused them to come out and play a little off. Not really their style. Just my opinion, but... I, I You think he scared him a little too much? He's an intimidating-looking dude. They seem to be more worried about... Hits and, and hitting back than actually playing their style. Yeah, they were so aggressive. Now we're talking again about last night's East Coast time, super late night, pounding loss, pounding in multiple ways to the Vancouver Canucks, who were lowly as you know what. Basically, I had one win on the season. It was the night before. They were on the back half of a back to back. They were starting their backup goaltender and JT Miller, one of their most, you know, infamous look out here he comes players, had taken a rocket off the ankle to preserve their lead in the final seconds uh, against, I forget who they beat, the Kraken. The Kraken. They beat the Kraken. So a team that hadn't won a game in their first handful plus 
we're the ones to they beat the team we're playing tonight and we've got Seattle's backup goaltender going tonight in Martin Jones not saying Martin Jones isn't an NHL caliber storied goaltender he's the same guy who we got past in the 2016 Stanley Cup final yeah it'll be interesting to see how the start of tonight's game goes Seattle came out hot against Vancouver Mm -hmm. Vancouver came out hot against us so it'll be interesting the ebb and flow of energies and like what kind of game are we supposed to expect now I did mention Martin Jones We've got uh, we've got some some problems with Martin Jones. He's got he's got dad strength this morning. I'd like to congratulate Martin Jones's family and drumroll. This is not good for us. And Jordan Eberle's family. They both welcomed newborns into the world last night. So on the off day between losing to Vancouver and playing the Penguins today, the Seattle Kraken, two of their most luminous NHL vet guys are proud new dads with like extra big biceps today coming into this game with the, with rest. Although I, I would imagine I would say this with new babies. I don't think Eberly and Martin Jones slept too well last night. No way. Because because they're full of joy. This, I've never had. I mean, I've never had a child. So I don't know what it's like to go through the stress of like leading up to childbirth or anything like that. Um, you, miss but, a, you, you miss a lot of sleep. Yeah? You do. Yes. Yeah. You got, you got the dad. You got the dad experience. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I was only going to go there if you chose to go there. Yeah. Um, but that said, you've been through it. What do you think? You, think those, you don't think those guys slept? Re- regardless of sleep, somebody like Everly, who kind of tortures the penguins historically. He sure has. I would definitely take the, the over. On his point. On him scoring. Yes. <laughs> or something. Any point. Yeah. Well, I don't so much mind, you know, conceding a point, but boy, we've got to hold these cracking down. I, I also want to, we're going to get to some other stuff. At the end of the episode, I'm going to make a commentary on something. All right. I'm going all over the place here. Part of it is because my brain is now at full scrambled mode because of a week of staying up into the wee hours to watch the Penguins. Although, again, thank you to the scheduler for putting that Edmonton game puck drop at a reasonable hour because 6 p.m. local time did make for a nice mellow 8 o'clock uh, uh, puck drop. But now we're at that 10 p.m. primetime West Coast uh, uh, puck drop time. All right, so we got Jordan Eberle and Martin Jones, new fathers coming into tonight's game. Congrats to the Jones and Eberly families. But as though that weren't a problem enough, do the names McCann, Sprong, Schultz, Tanev and Alexiak mean anything to you because they're all suiting up for Seattle tonight, frothing at the mouth to back up dad strength teammates Everly and Jones. Plus, you know, as Paul Staggerwald said on the postgame last night, the organization that used to pay their wages uh, is coming into town with their superstars bruised and beaten, mm-hmm. you know, on a three game skid. And I think the Kraken would love to prey upon that and make it for Penguins, again, per Staggerwald and uh, Metzer on the post game, which I painfully listened to this morning on, on my way back to the house from getting my booster shots and stuff, only had one, Penguins only had one four-game 
losing streak on the whole season last year, and we're on the verge of what could be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go this far. I want everybody out there to know, and this is going to segue into my the thing I told you pre, pre-recording here that I wanted to talk about. Right. It's one thing to look realistically at a team that's skidding, like the Penguins are right now. I won't call it a big old losing streak. It is a streak, three games, and say... I don't get a great feeling right now that the Penguins are going to win this game tonight. It doesn't mean I'm down on them. It doesn't mean I'm negative. The sky is not falling. But there is a lot of that on Twitter right now. People who love to talk positively and, oh, I second that. You're right. The Penguins do look great this year. I think they are going to make another run at the Stanley Cup. And then as soon as they lose a couple games, you got these Twitter users out there. I'm going to let them remain nameless. Some of them are my pals, and they're still my pals. But, folks, the sky is not falling. Even if they drop this game tonight, you're talking about nine games into the season. It's not nothing. And it would have been way cooler to take that winning thing a little deeper into the season. And But, hey, last year, we couldn't beat the Oilers or the Flames once. We lost in Alberta every time we played there. We lost in Alberta so far this year as well. We're not going back. That was it. That was our chance to win in Alberta. So don't be so surprised. And what happened to the Penguins down the stretch? They looked fine. There was there was nary a thought in our heads that they weren't going to make the playoffs. It was maybe chasing down the Hurricanes and the Rangers for the division title. It didn't happen. But boy, the Penguins were competitive last year. And if you want to know, if you want, I keep using that word bellwether. The the bell what's the bellwether that that the penguins I am probably misusing this word, the canary in the mine that the penguins are gonna be strong this year. Now I'm gonna go to Shayna Goldman of the Athletic. Okay. Uh I actually heard Shayna on Jeff Marek's show on Sportsnet 590 yesterday up in Toronto. I love listening to Jeff and Elliot Friedman and those guys up there coming from the uh capital of the NHL, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Shayna Goldman was great on the program yesterday, and I checked out her article of yesterday, in which she talks a bit about the, excuse me, about the Penguins, the quote, aging Penguins, but the ageless Penguins. She says, Crosby has four goals and 11 points. This was going into the weekend, so as of Friday, not counting last night's okay. game against Vancouver. Crosby had four goals and 11 points through the first seven games. Average game score in that advanced Stats way, I don't exactly know how that's calculated. Of 1.97, good for seventh in the entire league. That's our 35-year-old captain. Um, now, Evgeny Malkin excelling on the second line. This is per Shana Goldman. We know this, but she says, excelling on the second line has one of the best influences on the Penguins' five-on-five offensive generation on a point-per-game pace so far. Uh we're used to hearing that about Gino, but to the point being to still be hearing that about Gino. And then Chris Letang still averaging a silly amount of ice time, 23 minutes, 16 seconds per game. Um, all the other cats on the team, this is my jazz uh, background coming through, calling them cats. You know, let I give those guys a little more time to settle in. We expect it from our stars. We're getting it from our stars. We're getting it from Tristan Jari. Puck hasn't dropped. I'm allowed to talk about the goaltender, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And you're right. You're right. You're spot on. He's looking great out there. We, You and I are sitting on the sofa late. late I hit you up. You're watching the game. I'm coming by for, for, for a brew or whatever, right? And then Tristan Jari locking it down. Whichever goal 
or goals might have been given up that didn't look the best. I don't, that's not what sticks out to me. What sticks out to me is him making save after save and Penguin's not really clearing the bodies. A little too, too many chances from the slot for the Canucks last night. What was kind of your takeaway from the, from the overall, like people using this term vibe check a lot on, 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 on social media, but what was your vibe from the game and, and what do you think the Penguins need to do to, to come out? I want to say better, but just come out differently. They need to take a different approach. Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought Jari was going to go in after the first period and smack some of the guys around and tell them to, to get <laughs> on their horses because he wasn't getting a lot of support last night. And I thought I, thought, I kept waiting for that to change, right? Okay, at any yeah. minute they're going to turn on the Jets. Um, the goal they did get wasn't you know anything special. Um, yeah, they just they they never they never turned it on. They never en- ended up going to that that level that everybody was hoping they would. There, there were spurts, and yeah, you know, they would go five minutes, ten minutes, a little longer, and you you were waiting for that goal any minute because they were in the offensive zone, but they were threatening. For sure. Yeah. And they were making all the plays everywhere except for putting the puck on the net or, you know, behind the goalie. And this all kind of, unfortunately, we're kind of talking about a period of time that is isolated. Late, late second period, early first. That that first half of the third period, I was genuinely worried for everybody's physical safety out there. Was it late second that Latang clocked somebody and took him out so hard? Crosby had a huge hit. Archibald basically got called for boarding. I wouldn't be surprised if we, well, apparently it's not going to happen. I haven't heard about it yet, but wouldn't have been surprised if there was any discipline on that hit. I don't think it was necessarily intended as an epic boarding. thought know. it was a soft boarding. Yeah, yeah. But this this day and age, this, this player safety department, I'm sorry, I'm going to go on record right now. George Paros and the player safety department, it is a joke to me. They're confusing. That's a great word for it. Mm-hmm. It's a joke to me because... Of what you said, the confusion, the inconsistency. Like, if you, I said something to you last night when we were watching the game. Like, look, if you're gonna be bad, hire one of those funny Twitter account runners, like Radio Shack did, or like uh, State of New Jersey had one at one point. I think the person who did the State of New Jersey got hired by the current White House to take over their account. Cause they were so tired of like, Oh, they're getting so much hate. You know, I mean, every white house is going to get hate thrown at them. And they, they, so they hired the former account runner for New Jersey's Twitter to be like, you know, they'll just post goofy stuff now. But the, the Jersey one was like, you know, F U U F and F, you know, they would post all kinds of Typical. stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? So that was a cool article by uh, Shana Goldman kind of checking in on where the penguins were going. Um, Otherwise, about the Seattle Kraken, I know that the Penguins are heading into a really cool barn tonight. Like that Climate Pledge Arena, you walk by it, and it's a low, it's a low building, maybe just a couple stories high. Has kind of like a Pizza Hut sort of a roof to it. That's that's generalizing, but kind of like a, I don't know, like a brownish older. I don't even know if they replaced. I think they might have kept the same roof from way back when it was the old arena. But they dug down underneath and it was this construction site where they actually had to dig below to build the arena into the earth. When you enter into that place, whoa, it opens up, you know, looking down. You go down these escalators, there's enormous LED screens. And on one side, it's a living wall, all built with plants and 
helping, you know, create better oxygen in the place. Okay. Back window is a back wall of the arena is this giant window where you can see the sunset during the game. It's uh it's it's different and it's a lot of fun. Cool like projection that goes on the ice beforehand. All the arenas are starting to do that, but they're they're one of the better ones. And that Kraken theme of the like swimming beast of the deep. But I also want to talk about this mess of a mascot that they have now. You've seen this picture? Have you seen this thing, Buoy? Yeah. It's a thing. I don't even want to say it's a creature. It's like a, it's some half nightmare. Like I, if I saw that thing coming at me, I wouldn't so much be scared as like worried for it. It's just, I don't know. I dig the vibe. I You're dig into the it. mascot. Yeah. You're into that. Yeah. You're into the like Mardi Gras bead earring and the, the weird like pirate anchor this and that and like one eye bigger than the other. The, the, he's got the thing. Okay. Here's my problem with it. They gave Bowie the same origin story as Gritty. I, that's where I was just going to go. I, you've seen the meme, right? He, he challenges yeah. Gritty to a fight under the, the Aurora Bridge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Man, I mean, and then, you know, Seattle's got, Seattle's got the one bridge that's been closed forever, the t- going over to West Seattle. Like, real estate's a little bit cheaper over there because you can't get there. <laughs> oh. Maybe maybe that's maybe they left that area under that closed bridge un, unwatched for long enough, and that's where Bowie was living. I think that's where they found him. That's where they found him. Well, what else was I going to mention? Josh Yoey had an article in the Athletic today, following the uh, following the Vancouver game uh, last night. When the game was over, he says the Penguins scattered quickly from the locker room. Only Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin remained patiently answering questions about the Penguins, who have. Uh, been outscored by an outrageous 15 to 5 total during the Western Canada portion of this trip. Um, let's just see, fast forwarding. So they explained what happened as best they could. Again, per Josh Yoey in The Athletic, Evgeny Malkin said, quote, We know it's not good. It's not good at all. We have to be so much better. The only good thing is that the season has only just started. We have 74 games left. We have to learn our lesson right now. We have to change our game. Again, that's what I said before. It's got to be different. What were you going to say? You think Gino said it just like that? No, he said like this. He said like, well, we know it's not good. Like, I love how he kind of breathes. Yeah. It's like, like, like it's not good. Like, and you know, the interesting thing about his delivery of the English language for me at this point, his English has gotten a lot better, but all those affectations of his speech patterns, I, I wonder if he speaks like that in Russian I doubt it. I bet it's smoother, right? He's. I bet it's very smooth. He's a funny guy. Yeah. I feel like he's a witty, funny guy, and he's and he's and he's out there. He's kind of like my kind of my kind of weirdo in that way. I I wish I could put. What's one of those movies where they like Star Trek or something? They put a little thing in their ear and they can hear foreign languages as it's like science fiction, as though they spoke them. I wish I could do that and just hear Gino talk in his native tongue, so I could really get to hear his delivery the way he means it to be you know he should be mic'd up for a game with that same with that sci-fi technology yes yes. yeah or have somebody who speaks russian do a deep dive audio replacement and almost do an impression in english you know (laughs) like someone who's really fluent okay we're going way too deep on this yes all right what about the what about the lower lines for the penguins how'd you feel about that uh, Ryan Paling, fourth line with Teddy Bluger still out of action, Archibald on the right wing, and Drake Kajula, the uh, the mighty 
the mini mighty Drake Kajula. What, what did you think about that fourth line? There were periods of time during the game that that fourth line was high energy, but it seemed like most of it was generated from paling. Mm. Um, he was all over the place. Just when you would think, is there, you know, is there something wrong with the Vancouver ice? It seems like we're running in slow motion or skating in slow motion. All of a sudden paling was, you know, like a shot out of a cannon skating by people. And, um, so and getting that, beat that, up. He took that one shot from that enormous lurch looking dude. Myers. Myers, is that it? Yes, I think I so. wanted I think to see him was. get his clock cleaned after that. That was a cheap shot. And then the acting job by this Zdeno Chara looking, you know, baby faced Zdeno Chara. Yeah. Zombie. Man. Zombie Myers. Yeah. And all my respect to Zdeno Chara, I'm just saying. You hate to see the young, gritty, hardworking guy and in the head getting turned 90 degrees in the helmet. I mean, that that side of hockey, I talked about that Rasmussen hit that got disciplined by player safety. Again, inconsistency by player safety. Ah, eh, you know what? I have those moments of existential thought like, is this really a sport that I like to be so deeply involved in when every other week there's this brain rattling injury to somebody i mean as you do as i do we play the sport i do it on ice you do it on the deck we, i love it i mean it's hard not to just go yeah ooh that ooh that sucks when's the next game yeah exactly <laughs> it's hockey it's not just the game it's the people around the game and, and with the pittsburgh penguins and this town for anybody out there listening to david and i today we we are sitting here in the in the Pittsburgh area. I mean, we now get in to live here. I'm a noob. You've been here for a lot longer than me. This is a great sports town, and and it's really true. I mean, everywhere you go, even last night, I was at this dance recital performance that I got to sing on for a friend. When it was over, a little before puck drop, before I came and met you, I end up talking to the coordinator of this attack dance theater. Really, really cool uh, group of folks over there. What's up to Michelle? In case you're checking out the podcast, thanks for having uh, uh, Amber, Dave, uh, Max, and myself up there playing music. And your 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 dance company is just fantastic. So congrats to all of you over there on Butler Street in, in Lawrenceville. Go check out the attack dance theater. When I started talking penguins. I kind of winced and prepared myself that these artists were going to look at me and go, oh, we thought you were one of us. Now you're talking sports. Doesn't happen like that in this town. No. Even the people who I was talking to that weren't into the Penguins or weren't into sports, the, the facial expression they made is different than you get in like New York. If you mention the Mets or the Yankees or Rangers, Islanders, Devils over there, and the person you're talking to isn't into sports, they, get, they, they, they turn their nose up in their air a little bit in the air. Now, maybe that's the more the transplant people like, Texans and Californians and these people who came to New York and they want it to be this pure black clothing and stone-faced experience. Those are the people who really act like. So I take it back. Real New Yorkers, if I start talking Yankees or, or Mets or what have you to them, they'll probably be like Pittsburgh people who, who, who the same way. They know, but this town is different. It's friendlier. It's it's more about enthusiasm and and. and taking pride in the colors and, and the team and what it does for the city, even if you're not interested in the sport, I think it's more a part of the the vascular quality of this town. Yeah, know? there's a real sports heartbeat, I would call it. Mm, um, mm. it. It pulls people in. 
you know, I, I'm not mm-hmm. originally from, from the area, um, but quickly after moving, yeah. you know, you, you, you pick up, you know, the Steelers, the pins. Yeah. Some people, the pirates. <laughs> yeah. They'll, someday we'll be looking back on this time for the Buckos and it'll be like, how are they that bad? Because they're so good now. And they do like so many teams like the Vancouver team, like that we saw last night. There's a ton of talent there. It's really kind of a matter of a couple of defensemen, maybe a goaltender who can shut the door and a little bit of mode. I know that's a lot of peace in hockey. That's it's easy to say that. I mean, Oh, that's why it makes watching this Penguins team drop a few games so painful because Tristan Jari is back there playing his keister off. I mean, he plays like this on the season. If we can just give him some, as they say in baseball, some run support, some goal support, some scoring, and this Penguins team can do that. They outscored the whole league in the first four or five games by like a decent margin. They're still, as we saw last night, still have the average highest per game Goal scoring. That'll probably end, if not last night, by today, if they don't dump a few in. Yeah, let's let's hope we can keep the average going. Hell yeah. David, good night. Thank you so much for, for coming and being on mic, for popping next door, because we are next door neighbors. It's been fun moving to Pittsburgh and getting to have a hockey buddy. It's a long trip over, but it was, it was great. <laughs> it was great. He hopped the fence. All right, so that's going to wrap things up for me on today's episode of Fly Penguins Fly Game Day Podcast. Follow me, please, on Twitter at PensPod, on Instagram at FlyPenguinsFly. The YouTube link is in the episode notes. Remember, if you've got a friend like I do, David, uh, who needs to know about this podcast, please tell them about it. The more black and gold fans in the house, the better. All right, Penguins fans, you know you can watch tonight's game versus the Kraken live from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, one of my favorite cities in the U.S., on AT&T SN here in the Pittsburgh area, ESPN Plus, everywhere else in the United States, and as longtime listeners well know, one of my favorite ways to tune in via terrestrial radio uh, or on the web at 105.9 VX. Enjoy tonight's road game versus the spirit of Bowie, the legitimately terrifying and seemingly strung out mascot of the Seattle Kraken. And of course, hey, let's go, Penn!